Maybe that's a feeling of agitation caused by the presence or imminence of danger. Why do you think people believe in ghosts? Don't believe a word that's coming out of that man's mouth. Join a doomsday cult. You don't 
be here when I'm happy. Not my blood. Throw some dirt on him and let's go. That was so good. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Inside Movies Galore. I'm your uh, host, and here with me, uh, uh, me from Nebraska, is uh, director Matthew Keister. Uh, Hello. And uh, also in the room, we have uh, uh, Mr. Steve Eaton. Hello, hello. Uh, welcome to Inside Movies Galore, gentlemen, and uh, thank you for taking your time to uh, come on with me. It's a pleasure. Yeah, happy to be fun. here. I'm, I'm ready <laughs> for the hard-hitting questions. So, Matt, um, uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got involved in the independent film industry, and uh, we'll go from there. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> I'm not, as Steve can attest, I'm not a very interesting person. Um, <laughs> back, in, back in 1999, I had made this really bad little short film with some of my high school friends for a high school art project and uh had sort of wanted to get into movies and in 2005 we had that opportunity and um basically what had happened was our first film the grand horror we just decided let's make a feature-length film because a friend of ours uh, showed us around this sort of old dilapidated theater that he sort of now had access to and we were like hey let's make a movie here. And so we decided to make a feature, uh, having no real experience whatsoever. And Steve uh, was actually a part of that original <laughs> film as well, because I had a friend and he was dating her at the time. And I think, Steve, what were you going to do? You were just going to like help. And then I was like, great, you're going to act now or something. Yeah, this is, this is the way it worked. Uh, you had sent out an email, basically uh, like everyone in the area that you knew, like, hey, I'm doing a movie. If, if there's anything you want to do to pitch in, uh, you know, let me know. And um, I said, uh, you know, I'm willing to help out behind the scenes. And your response was, I've already written you a part. Yes. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so we shot our first film over the span of, I want to say, like 10 weekends in the summer. Yeah, it was supposed to be three. Yeah, supposed to be three. Uh, and basically, we lived at this theater every weekend for ten weeks straight. And uh, and so, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of how it all started. And we've been rolling rolling along ever since. This is our fifteenth year anniversary of Dead Lantern Pictures since that original two thousand five oh. film. So it's crazy. <laughs> We're graybeards now. <laughs> so um um now uh, where did you um film? Uh, your first uh, f feature that you were talking about. You called it The Grand Horror? Yes, we filmed it. Uh, it's called The Grand Horror because we shot it at a movie called movie theater called The Grand Theater, and I'm terrible with names. <laughs> so, like The Grand Horror in Grand Island, Nebraska. So Where all of, the, all of the actors had characters that used their first name. So I, Steve, played Steve. Okay. Yes. And true. so on and so on. Yeah, and Steve has actually been in every Dead Lantern feature, so yeah, I think he might be the only one that's been in every feature. <laughs> Going over to you, Steve, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you met Mr. Geister? Uh, well, like you said, I was uh, dating someone that uh, Matt and his friends group were friends with at the time. Uh, I don't really know like how we ended up... Uh, 
uh, bonding or whatever you want to call it, because I did not expect to act like, ever. Uh, I knew through the grapevine that Matt had this uh, this desire to make films, and I was kind of peripherally interested in it. You were uh, interested in writing, if I remember correctly. Like, yeah, I, I, used to, I used to like writing until it became like more of a, a job than something I did for fun. Uh, so I dropped that real quick. Uh, but I stuck around acting, and uh, I'm trying to... Like, I, I've kind of gotten away from acting, and I'm pitching in more behind the scenes now, which is weird, because that was my idea up front, which clearly didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Okay. Very true. Um, what was your experience uh, uh, like uh, acting uh, in the Grand Horror with uh, some of the other uh, actors and actresses? So acting is, it's like simultaneously super, super fun and also like draining and irritating. Like every, when I think back in my life about like the best times and the worst times, it's always like our movies are involved in some way, shape or form. Uh, so I remember, you know, being told, hey, we're going to make this movie uh, we're going to do it in three weekends, and then three and a half months later, <laughs> we're, uh, we're wrapping up. I'm uh, bad with deadlines. And that's, that's just kind of how it goes. Like, there's... <laughs> it is a blast, but at the same time, once you're done making a movie, you want to just get away from it for a little while, rest, recover, and then, you know, a couple years later, yeah. we, we chug out another one. Yeah, and the most interesting <laughs> thing about all of that, in my opinion, is like for the grand horror, none of us had any idea what we were doing. I mean, the entire film essentially became an ad lib film. No one really followed the script at all. Uh, I remember like we, we were doing a, a clapboard for like 20 minutes and we're like, this sucks. We're never, and we've never done it since. Like, <laughs> don't use clapboard. It was just annoying. And it's like you, you look back on those films and those, the grand horror outpost doom, these films are up on our YouTube channel. If anyone's ever interested to go back and look at where we started from, I'm still I recommend it. Yeah. I mean, they're bad movies. I mean, don't get me wrong. They're bad movies. I'm very proud of them that we were able to get the stuff done. But I, I look at those old films compared to like the stuff we do now. And I was like, wow. I mean, it's night and day. It's absolute night and day. And I, at least the one thing that we've gotten out of filmmaking, I feel like we have upped our game. Like we, we've all gotten better at our craft, even if it's a little bit better. <laughs> so yeah, we, we have movies now that I feel like we are proud of. And I think, you know, prior to probably, we started in 2005 and I know prior to 2015, I don't know that we could have said that. Uh, <laughs> the last few years yeah. I think have been good to our movies. It's yeah. interesting to hear what kind of cameras you started out uh, out with uh, 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 in the very beginning. What kind of camera was you? A Walmart special. <laughs> yeah. So, so the, the the funny story about our cameras when we decided to shoot a feature length film, our good friend DJ DJ Chardon, who's sort of like the sound guy uh, on all of our stuff. Uh, he he actually had a good job at the time, a high-paying job. So we were like, buy us things. Buy us all these fancy cameras and things that we think we're going to need. So he actually did an eBay bid for like a Canon G2, I think it was, that way back in the day. And it ended up being a scam. And he lost like $2,000. And so it was like the week before we were supposed to film. Because we had everything all set up, ready to go. And DJ is like, 
uh, I didn't get the camera, and I don't know what we're going to do. So we were like, well, what we're going to do is we're going to go to Walmart here in Grand Island, we're going to get the cheapest mini DV camera we can possibly get, and then when we're done filming, we're going to return it and get our money back for it, which is exactly <laughs> what we did. And I don't remember what that original mini DV camera was, whatever the cheapest one it was at Walmart in 2005. Okay. Uh, now... How have you gone about and gotten your actors? Did you just use a bunch of friends at first? Or did you actually have to go to a casting place and actually get some actors? No, I think 2011, maybe 2012 was the first time we ever held an audition. Yeah, uh, Isaac was the first time we actually went outside of our group of friends. Uh, Grand Horror and Outpost Doom was just, just friends. We just conscripted okay. people that we knew. <laughs> Alrighty, and how was uh, the film's reception when it came out? Well, the Grand Horror was sort of interesting because when we screened it, we screened it I think in 2006 at the Grand Theater, and I remember it was actually sold out. The entire theater was sold out, and I'm one of those people I cannot be in the movie theater when my films are playing because it just freaks me out. I'm always very sort of concerned about what it people's reactions are going to be and then recently i went and was going through a bunch of old hard drives and i saw like a behind the scenes sort of of the premiere of the grand horror that uh that i found i stuck it up on our youtube channel and i you know the response was overwhelming not because it was a good movie i don't think but just because it was fun and people sort of you know just got a kick out of how goofy and you know and just the fact that we we were able to complete it which was one of the big things in our minds uh, which kept us going because we were like wow okay uh this actually turned out pretty well we did a small dvd run if i remember uh steve i don't even know if we took that to conventions i think we just i think at some run. point we had a few that we may have just given away like without yeah. perfume, maybe, but it wasn't. It wasn't many. Yeah, but we made we made DVDs for our friends and family and whatnot, and we had a very positive experience on the Grand Horror, all told. And so that's what kind of led us into Outpost Doom. Okay, um, uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about Outpost Doom and what the uh, uh, what uh, what inspired you to make uh, Outpost? Well, uh, I really like. 1930s universal horror 1940s Val Luton RKO that's kind of like the horror that I'm actually into more than like gore and blood and guts and stuff like that and so if I remember correctly Steven you can correct me if I'm wrong but we were in my grandmother's basement sort of hammering out for the July weekend yeah 4th of July weekend hammering out this idea of what we could do this homage to these old movie monster sort of things and you know we had a we had a barn location and we're like the whole movie's gotta be in a barn and so um yeah i mean that's kind of what it was supposed to be an homage to old old school monster movies we also kind of had like a like a i don't know what the proper it's not an homage but we we really liked the idea of the thing and uh one of the people in this, you know, group of characters is a monster, but you don't know who it is. So that kind of also influenced the uh, the story that we ultimately came up with. We wanted to we wanted it to be a secret who the uh, the monster was, yeah. <laughs> like a murder mystery with monsters. <laughs> okay, uh, now um, where did you uh, now? Did you use some of the same group of uh, people as actors? Um, we're outpost doom 
Yeah. A recycled Steve. <laughs> recycled Ryan. Uh, basically, yeah. Uh, again, this was at, this is at a point in time when we still hadn't really wanted to venture outside of our comfort zone, which was just making a movie with friends. Um, you know, it would take the eyes of Isabel that would get us to venture out further. Um, and so... Yeah, for Outpost Doom, it was still all of our close friends who lived in the Aurora sort of slash Grand Island area who would be willing to hang out in a barn in the summer in hot, humid Nebraska <laughs> overnight for multiple weekends. And so that's that's kind of where, where that came from. Yeah, it, it was not uncommon to start filming, you know, Saturday morning about 8, 9, 10 a.m. and finish up uh, like the following sunrise the next day. Yeah. Super good times is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hello, uh, Megan. Can you hear us? Do we have Megan? I heard Benito. I heard a fourth one, uh, one, uh, one in the call. I'm just. I heard a voice. I heard a voice. She's messaging me. Go ahead and keep asking your questions. <laughs> Megan, are you here? Maybe. She said, there you are. Hi, Megan. <laughs> Hello, Miss uh, Miss Garcia. Uh, Welcome to Inside Movies War. There. Yeah. And I thought I was bad with technology. We're just gonna edit all this out. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. <We> get... <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, at this moment, if you can talk um miss uh, garcia um how, how about you tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got involved with the dead lantern uh, folks <laughs> so uh i guess um my involvement with dead lantern started back on a, a movie set of uh shot in Lincoln, and it was for a movie called Remission? I believe it was Remission. And that's, yeah, that's where we first met you. And, I mean, it's just been slowly growing, and, you know, ever... <laughs> See how enthusiastic she is? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, oh, it's slowly growing and it won't stop. It's like a tumor. We're like a tumor. <laughs> um, when you um got the role of uh, 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 Sophia, um, uh, what did you think? Uh, uh, how did you feel? Um, I'm actually really excited about uh, Sophia. Um, it's to it was really easy to play because all I had to do was kind of, you know, help my acting towards my grumpier side, and you know, I'm not 100% bubbly, and so that was really fun. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> now, are you originally from Nebraska like these boys? I am. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, now, uh, um... How did you, uh, 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 wh what kinds of things did you have to do as an actress dur uh, during, uh, uh, shall I say, the first anthology, Shivers Down Your Spine? Um, let's see. 
For me, the biggest thing with acting is just remembering lines. Like, it's not so much being in front of camera and being, you know, in front of people. I want to, you know, do my best to not only impress the audience, but, you know, do my best to bring forth a character that the director and everyone else has put together for me. And I want to do my best to convey that and... I mean, I know how much of a pain in the ass it can be, uh, you know, on set. So I try and do that as well as possible so everything can go smoothly instead of having to take a hundred different takes of the same thing over and over. Okay. And Matt, we did anyway. Going back to you, Steve. Um, um, uh, with your character as Steve in uh, the Grand Horror, and then uh, your character in um, Outpost Doom, um, uh, what what are some of the things that you can take as an actor uh, from either one of those two productions? Absolutely nothing, because those movies are garbage. <laughs> <laughs> but that, it, it was... Uh, I, I don't know that there was anything that I could take and use from either of those movies. Uh, uh, kind of the best I'll say is, even though that the, they maybe didn't turn out the greatest, the experiences were good enough to make me want to keep coming back for more until we got to the point that we could uh, create something that we were actually happy with. I would say I would say there's actually been quite the evolution in Steve's acting uh, from the Grand Horror to Outpost Doom to the Eyes of Isabel because you were like the literal star of the Eyes of Isabel um, and then getting into Shivers and whatnot because a lot of early stuff you you play the very sort of sarcastic cynical I mean you play yourself in pretty much all these movies and it's great like once you learn how to just play yourself you're fine Steve. Well, good. I'm glad that you keep writing me roles where I get to be a jackass. Yes, yes. I mean, write what you know. Well, <laughs> where I'll uh, uh, talk at you about uh, um, the eyes of Isabel uh, yeah. as a production. Um, <laughs> Do we have to go here? <sighs> Hard-hitting questions. Hit me with it. What's your question? Well, um, how did you come up with the idea for the original feature? I know you're not entirely too uh, keen on that feature. So. Yeah, well... Uh, it came up over conversations while playing Left for Dead. That's all I remember about it. Yeah, so this goes back to Outpost Doom. So when I had finished Outpost Doom, we decided to actually take that one to horror movie conventions. So we printed up DVDs and we went around to various places. We went to Flashback Weekend and mm -hmm. um, Texas Frightmare, I think. A number of places. And we went, when we would sell at our booth... We would get two types of people, young people who would buy it and old people who would buy it. Old people would come back and say, we loved it. They loved it because it was such an homage. They saw all the homages to old classic monster movies and stuff that, that I'd put in there. I was very happy with that. Young people were like, there's no boobs and there's no blood. <laughs> and, and horror is a young person genre. And so the overwhelming response was, this is, we don't like it because it's too slow. It's too boring. Like, where's all the boobs? Where's all the blood? And I got really sort of, um, I don't know, I, I wouldn't say hurt was, was the sense I felt, but I just got very 
bitter about that kind of thing. And so I was like, well, fine, I'm going to make a movie that's going to have as much blood and boobs and everything as, as possible. I'm going to give some. I'm going to give the people what they want. And as I was making the Eyes of Isabel, uh, which was like a four-year process, uh, Megan was one of the Isabels. I mean, Megan's like you're in half that movie, I think. And we put Megan through hell on that movie. And I still feel bad about that. <laughs> but um, what what happened? What ended up happening with that is I realized that that movie came from a bad place like I, I never should have made that movie in terms of you know making a bloody gory slasher because that's not what i'm really into i don't really like that stuff all that much and um and ultimately like why i hate the movie so much uh it's it's not because of the experiences on it i made lifelong friends with people on this movie and i wouldn't trade those experiences for the world mm -hmm. the problem is as a director i feel like i failed miserably like all of my friends i failed them you were, all you were trying to cater to the masses at the time well it's it's not not that's not the reason why I failed my friends. Um, I'm a big believer in sort of putting people in the best position possible to succeed. Right, as the director, that's what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And and anytime I get very sort of freaked out when I'm editing a movie or finishing a movie because I'm I'm genuinely con I don't care if people think the movie sucks, but I don't want people to look at my friends and laugh and say oh they suck or they were awful they were terrible look how stupid this is and, and whatnot because that's what will really affect me um and i feel with like the eyes of isabel i didn't do what i needed to do to ensure that didn't happen and so when i look at the finished product i'm like this is not an accurate re uh, representation or reflection of the talents that my friends have and so, to me, it's just, it, w it was a film that I, I wasn't. I had to compromise on it left and right. Um, you know, there's literally a scene in this movie where a friend of ours, uh, before he went on a diet, uh, he was you know two two fifty whatever. He's like, I'm gonna go check it out, guys, and he walks out the front door. Well, then we had to film his death scene three years later, and he had lost a ton of weight. So now he's like 150. <laughs> so it's like, you look at that kind of stuff, and I'm like, oh my God, it just drives me crazy. And, um, you know, and so that's why I, uh, I really despise that. Now, my friends tell me it's not as bad as, as I think it is, but, you know, to me, it's just a very personal personal bitter bitter film i hear you um now where did you happen to film that particular uh, uh, film in nebraska Whew, all over uh we shot some in aurora nebraska we shot a bunch of stuff with megan up in omaha nebraska we shot some in lincoln i mean you know it's it was crazy we shot all over the place um megan um how was your experience with that film was it as bad as he's <laughs> you know, my experience on the set of Isabel was cold, uncomfortable, and during the wee hours of the late night and into the early morning. But looking back on it, it sucked. But it was a lot of fun. <laughs> Well, Megan, Megan, tell the story about uh, how we were filming the prologue with that bar in your mouth. Oh, my goodness. Okay, so the, that was the bad part of the prologue, in my opinion. 
Um, only because it must have been the, I swear it was the last thing that we were filming. Um, just because of all the blood and everything that was involved. And the idea is that, you know, she gets hung up on this, uh, clothing line. Yeah. She gets impelled through the back of the head. Yeah. Yeah. And it's this giant metal T. So I have to stand on top of a cooler and have this part of one on the back of my head. And then I have to hold the front piece in my mouth. (laughs) Now, I mean, my head is completely wrapped in gauze. I can't... (laughs) It's like 30 degrees outside. (laughs) I have to put this, wedge this piece into all this fabric, into my mouth, holding it there. It's 30 degrees. I'm wearing a nightgown and a cardigan. (laughs) Having to balance and act and hear Matt call action and wait for cues and so tired. So tired. (laughs) I still feel bad about that. I still feel really bad. And then somehow we got her to come back for future films. Yeah. But but hey, but hey, uh, the prologue is on our YouTube channel because we actually thought the prologue turned out really well. That was the one part of Isabel that I thought actually turned out pretty cool. And so you can actually see that. We turned it into a short film called The Night She Came Back. That's on our YouTube channel. So anyone who's curious about what a little bit of Isabel would look like can check out the prologue. Okay. Um, Going on to shivers down your spine uh, which is ki- uh, uh, kind of wh- uh, uh, where I uh, uh, ki- uh, I kind of met up w- with you online uh, yeah. with this uh, 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 film um, now huh, uh, uh, did you uh, when did you oh, how should I say, uh, say this uh, should, should I start with Deadbolt <laughs> well, well let's Let's, let's take a couple steps back. Um, so while we were filming The Eyes of Isabel, we had decided, uh, Steve and I would go play basketball on a basketball court. <laughs> we would come up with ideas for like a web series because we were originally going to do a bunch of short films for Deadlander.com. And uh, while, like on the off weekends of filming Isabel, we would shoot these little short films. And of course... I'm terrible at deadlines. Uh, we could not hit our one one film a month, you know, thing that we were going to do. So all of these short films started, you know, stacking up. And um, basically, how Shivers Down Your Spine came about it was never never intended to be an anthology. It was supposed to just be, a, you know, the monthly web series. And then once we decided we're not going to do that, uh, we had to come up with a wraparound story. And that's sort of how we we brought Megan in to, you know, be the wraparound genie and connect all of them. And so that's sort of, that's how Shivers Down Your Spine originally came about. And I do remember, Steve, you telling me on that basketball court that Shivers Down Your Spine was a stupid name, <laughs> but I love it. So <laughs> It is I a win. stupid name. <laughs> Not I love you, Steve. Totally, because there, <laughs> there, uh, there was a book series that called Shivers um, back in the day. It kind of paralleled. Uh, you could buy it at Big Lots, and you could 
uh, and they were similar to like Goosebumps type of thing. So yeah, that's kind of what <laughs> so it was like. And I think Deadbolt, if I remember correctly, Steve was Deadbolt the very first one we ever shot for that. Or it could have been the one of the con- like convention girl, maybe. It was one Red Bull or Convention Girl one, because those are yeah, those are the the two earliest for sure. But I I yes. couldn't <laughs> tell you which is which. I think yeah. our goal in doing the shorts originally was after Isabel, like we had we were burnt out to an incredible degree. We did not want to make another feature length, but we also just didn't want to be idle for so long. And so we had this idea. Let's just do like a little, a little baby movie every so often to to keep you know, our skills, air quotes, fresh. And it ultimately turned into shivers. Yep, okay. that's true. And uh, once you finally got uh, got it edited, uh, um, what did you think? Uh, what did you guys think of it as a whole? Steve, you want to start with that? Uh, I think we were all very happy with it, and you know the the good part of an anthology is uh, you know only parts of it have to be successful, and it can still end up being a good movie. Uh, so we, we really milked, milked that. Um, Shivers, I think, is the first time where we you know we when did that release like 2015, I think something like yeah. that. So basically, like 10 years into our filmmaking, again air quotes careers. Um, I think Shivers was the first movie where we were like, you know, maybe we don't suck. Yeah, and and what was funny about Shivers is, you know, basically we we premiered Isabel and Shivers the same year, essentially. I mean, both those movies finished uh, in totality the that same year in 2015. I think we both showed them at the Prairie Lights Film Festival, if I if I'm not mistaken, um, but. The thing about it was I, I retired because I was so burned out of editing all of these movies and putting... Because we essentially, over the course of four years, shot two feature-length films and tried to put them all together. And I remember thinking I was very, very impressed with Shivers Down Your Spine, and I felt that was the closest we had ever attained to actually doing something good. And then we actually were confident enough to send that one out to reviewers. And the reviewers started saying, this is actually pretty good. And we're like, okay, we didn't make something total shit. So now I'm going to retire on a high note. (laughs) That was was the the plan. No... From what I uh, from what I understand, the wraparound you just kind of interweaved it with uh, with these other short uh, short films. Yeah, how, the wraparound was shot last. Yeah. How was it trying to figure out the order that you would put them in? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, so the wrap so chills down your spines wraparounds completely different that that was shot in a completely different way but with with shivers i just kind of placed them in the order i thought would be best and i wanted to make sure with the wraparound uh that steve and megan were making fun of the crappy parts of all of these things so even if it didn't work perfectly in a in a natural flow uh people because ultimately what do people want right well if people watch a movie and they laugh and they're having fun with it even if it's a bad movie they're going to come out of it with they've they've had entertainment right it's it's an enjoyable experience for them and so that was the idea behind the wraparound i I really i really liked uh the way that megan and steve played off one another which i think it 
you know, continuing it into chills down your spine, like the chemistry between those two is just perfect. It's just fantastic. Um, but there was no real sort of plan as to, okay, you know, I'm going to put this here and this here and this here. I just kind of like, well, this one's, this one might be kind of crappy. Let's put that one first. <laughs> this one might be the best. So let's put this one last, so to speak. So that's okay. kind of how that rolled. Um, Steve, what did you think about your character, Jeff? Uh, well, Jeff was never supposed to be my character. Uh, going back to what we talked about, you know, way at the beginning, when uh, Matt likes to have people basically use their own names for movies, our friend Jeff was supposed to be Jeff. Uh, so I got brought let him. Because <laughs> <laughs> my wife found out Megan was going to be topless, and she's like, nope. <laughs> yeah, I don't know exactly what happened, but I got brought in very last minute, so... Uh, because of that, uh, Shivers Down Your Spine was actually the first time I actually attempted to learn lines. So, you know, only 10 <laughs> years after the fact. Uh, but no, it was super fun. Uh, Jeff uh, ended up, you know, being another character that was just this cynical, sarcastic jackass. So I felt I uh, fit right into it. <laughs> awesome. Um, now... Um, looking back at uh, the first one compared to the uh, the newest uh, anthology, um, how um, how do you think that your character is, is has done? Um, I mean, do, uh, do you like? The transition from the first one to uh, to the second one. I do. I thought it was a, a cool. I don't. Arc might not be the right word. Um, but in Shivers Down Your Spine, like I, I'm very like nonchalant. I don't take any of this seriously. Like I'm kind of. I feel like I'm kind of leading Megan's character to tell me all I mean, I, I wished for it. She's the genie. She had to do what I said. I was kind of in charge during all of this, and I thought in Chills, like, we got to flip that. Now I'm the desperate one seeking out her, and so all of the uh, power, air quotes, has, has gone to the, the two Megans in Chills. Yeah, you've fallen madly in love, and you must find her. <laughs> yes. Went through so many microwave pizzas. <laughs> Uh, I, well, I think uh, that's one of the things I like about uh, about Shivers is that, uh, that the first wish that you actually end up wishing is in in fact for her uh, for her to uh, to make you a frozen pizza or whatnot, wasn't it? Or... The first wish is for her to put her some damn clothes on. Oh, well, there we go. That was the first wish. Well, well, yeah. One of them ended up being a freebie. I don't remember. No, that was that was the freebie. That was the freebie. Because, and you know how much shit we got from reviewers as well? Because, like, Megan pops out, and then that's the, that was always going to be the joke, right? Cause, and so, like, so many reviewers are like, what the hell is wrong with this guy? Why would he wish for something like that? <laughs> Man, Megan, what do you remember from, uh, from shooting that wraparound? Uh, again, being very tired and very grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> Which probably helped with your char uh, character, especially when you ended up being two different characters. Mm -hmm. Matt likes to <laughs> get these really method actresses on his set. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. 
Yes. I'm gonna next time. Next time we make a movie, it's gonna be at like eight o'clock in the morning on a Saturday, uh, so that you know Megan will be nice and refreshed. Because we always end up shooting with you at like ten o'clock at night and longer. Yeah. That, that always seems to be the case. What was it like being uh, 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 from going to the grumpy genie to uh, to the super chipper um, uh, hyper on uh, on Ritalin genie? <laughs> <laughs> Going from having to be Sabia to Maktuna, one, it was really fun because they're two completely different characters <laughs> that I really resonate with. Um, because, you know, women, you have your nice and sweet and fun and bubbly dinky side. And then on the other hand, it's like, okay, you know, very super, you know, all right, strict, this is how it is. <laughs> Not, you know, feeding into any bullshit. So, yeah, um, it was a lot of fun because I got to express that side of me versus just like, oh, grr, I'm so angry and I'm a complete bitch all the time. (laughs) Awesome. Um, Now, uh, were there any uh, locations that you enjoyed while acting in Dead Lantern Pictures? I would have to say Dead Lantern Pictures I'd have to say um, the farm location that we shot Isabel was probably my favorite although a lot of the other locations were either my house or my friends' house so I'd have to go with the barn location because it was I, th- I thought you were going to say your apartment, so you go immediately go to sleep after we're done filming. <laughs> I forgot. Okay, I was yeah. thinking like, which one was the nicest, like the most beautiful. <laughs> I didn't think about that aspect. <laughs> the beautiful location would have been the barn, and most convenient would have been where I lived because I got to go to bed. <laughs> so um ultimately um how long were each rap uh, actually i don't really do we really want to get into how many wraparounds there are oh yeah <laughs> there's two i mean that's that's part of the selling part of the movie there's two wraparound stories i had never seen that in a horror anthology ever and so the one of the things was when we were like chills down your spine was designed very different from shivers obviously shivers was never intended to be a horror anthology we just manufactured it after the fact but with chills down your spine um you know our, our good friend mark popejoy somehow convinced me pulled me out of retirement and you know i was like okay well if we're gonna if we're gonna do this it's gonna be much bigger we're, we're gonna go much much grander than shivers down your spine i have all these crazy ideas you know if you i told mark I was like you're just gonna let my my creative side go wild you're gonna have to deal with it and he said sure do it and and so you know the the wraparound stories for chills were always intended to be two separate ones. Uh, again, because I'd never seen that done before. I had no idea, even up to the point where we were going to, because we had edited all of the short films, and then it was to the point where, okay, well, now we gotta we got to piece this jigsaw puzzle together to see how it all... I had no idea until I actually put it together whether or not it would work. 
I had no clue. I didn't even tell Mark, our producer, whether or not. I, I didn't have confidence that it was going to work, actually. I was like, oh, boy, now the pressure's on. Uh, how am I actually going to piece this whole thing together? And luckily, it, it all sort of came out well. But, um, yeah, the, the wraparound story is one of them is based on Homer's The Odyssey. It's a loose, loose adaptation of that. And the, <laughs> other, the other wraparound is supposed to be uh, a parody of the quote-unquote torture porn sort of stuff, which I think is, you know just some of the worst horror films out there. And so I wanted to just do a goofy sort of, here's this, you know, horrible, disgusting killer. He's got this girl chained up, but he's in the most immaculately clean garage you've ever seen. And, you know, Sabia's making fun of him. And it's just, he's a goofball. People are going to laugh when they, when they see him. And so, you know, and then of course they come together for our epic conclusion. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and now, when did you uh, release the? Uh, well, you you started releasing it recently to reviewers. So, uh, how has its been reception been so far? Well, I mean, way better than I ever anticipated. Um, people seem to be really enjoying it. We haven't had a bad review yet. Knock on wood. I, I hear another one's dropping tomorrow. So. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see. As of today, no, no bad reviews. Um, but I think that's a testament to all of the the actors that are on this. Uh, Megan and Steve, they they hold this whole film together, you know, uh, with with these wraparound stories. And Megan, of course, doing double duty, two completely different characters. Um, mm-hmm. I know, you know, one of the cool things about it was, you know, some reviewers have already said they didn't even realize she was playing two different characters until they saw the end credits, uh, which is something I think is very, very cool because that's just shows how great of a job she did that people can't even tell the difference. Uh, but even I, all this, I, I oh. didn't either, to be honest, uh, until uh, until I, I saw uh, saw you know the IMDb credits. I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> <laughs> and that's awesome. That's awesome. That's exactly what I wanted. And so you know the fact that you know Megan is such a talented actress and she can pull that off and uh it really really makes it work but with with chills we we wanted to do stuff we'd never done before uh you know western you know animated movies you know murder mysteries you know all kinds of crazy stuff and luckily uh, it seems like the reception is all of them came out pretty good and people seem to like them so now from what i understand you're going to make this into a trilogy of a mentality <laughs> That's what I say, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, uh, there's an I the idea is there for, so when Shivers was being made, when we had re- eventually decided to turn it into an anthology, I had sort of already been coming up with ideas of what a sequel would look like, and just sort of my creative mind, that's how I always think, so I'm always, like I have a bunch of scripts that I would love to do, and so, you know, Shivers ends in a specific way, chills ends in a specific way and tingles down your spine would be what happens how does how does the storyline with uh, sabia Moktuna and jeff how does it resolve itself and it involves a lot of crazy stuff uh more genies more everything um we've got uh, a little bit of homage to, to a show that steve likes quite a bit called sliders i won't go into too much of what the story will be <laughs> Sliders uh, is a great show but uh, it's, it, it does sort of, it brings back 
a lot of the characters that you've seen throughout the 15 years of, of Dead Lantern pictures um, and sort of the mythology that we've set up in all of our films because all of our films are connected, every single one of them. And so if you've, if you've watched all of them, like if you've seen the Grand Horror Sorry. Album, the Eyes of Visible, yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> you'll you'll notice there's a, there's a mythology going around, but Tingles Down Your Spine is how that mythology resolves itself and how it all how how the world goes back to normal, so to speak. So, okay. um, now from what I understand, uh, you have another film that you're still editing called Robot Seven or Return. Of Robot. <laughs> Return of Robot Seven, no, uh, Return of the Robo Mummy from Outer Space Part Seven. Um, that's a yeah, that's a feature length film that we shot over the past few years. Again, shooting two features simultaneously with chills down your spine. I don't know what's wrong with us, but um, <laughs> that we'll, we'll hope we hope that that'll be out next year at some point, but. Right now, I'm just on a long sabbatical. I, I don't want to do movie stuff for a while because uh, you always get burned out after after you're done. I'm I'm happy that well, hopefully that people will get to see this movie because uh, most people don't get to see our movies, unfortunately. <laughs> so uh, I'm, I'm hoping that this movie gets out there and uh, and people can appreciate this one. And then once everybody has relaxed and chilled out you know i'll worm tongue steve into coming back and i'll convince megan to do some crazy stuff uh you know and we'll, we'll go from there if there's anything that any of you can take from uh, working on the films that you have uh, 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 that you have what would you take from it steve I mean, I retired, so my message is get out, stop, don't do this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've felt that way multiple times, yeah. Megan, what, what can you take from working on these crazy projects? I love my friends very, very, very much. <laughs> yeah, and, and I will echo, you know, what Megan said there. You know, we've always said here at Dead Lantern Pictures that uh, we do this for the friendships that we make. It's it's not to make zillions of dollars. It's not to make any money. I've never made a dime from any of this for 15 years. I mean, that's the truth. And uh, But the, the memories that you create, uh, the people that you meet, like, you know, The Eyes of Isabel, I give that movie a lot of shit. Um, but without that movie, there are so, I mean, chills wouldn't exist. Shivers wouldn't have exist. We probably never would have met Megan. We never would have met Benito. We never would have met any of these people because um, when I was younger, I was very sort of introverted in a way where I didn't like to uh, sort of put myself out there. I was very comfortable staying with just a close group of friends and making these sort of dopey movies and having a fun hobby. Um, and then, you know, once we realized, well, let's, let's try to make something bigger and better with the eyes of Isabel. We failed miserably, but we tried. Um, but it, it caused us to sort of have to reach out to, you know, Omaha actors, like real actors, like actual people that we didn't know that we would have to put our faith and trust in would show up. Some of them turned out to be uh, evil effects artists who took our money. <laughs> Others turned out to be amazing effects artists who we've become great friends with. Uh, and so without that experience of making that movie, 
all of this success that we're all having now uh, with people loving, you know, shivers and chills down your spine never would have happened. So, you know, it's it's about the relationships you make. It's about the memories that you create when you're making the movie, the good ones, the bad ones, because even the bad ones, I will, you know, we'll get together on occasion and we'll laugh about it. <laughs> Remember that time, Steve, when I made you put that werebear mask on? <laughs> I do. I do. Remember indeed. That? <laughs> Isn't that a great memory? We can have fun about that now, right? Yeah, right. You know, yeah. Let's go with that. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, friendships. That's that's what we take away most. So if there was a tingle down your spine, Steve, even though you're in retirement, would you return to your character that you had been playing? No. <laughs> no, we we've already talked about uh, without spoiling anything. We've already talked about how to write my character out. Uh, if I continue to make movies, it will be behind the camera. Now, now I fully am convinced in my ability to convince people to do things. So I, I have not given up that Steve will eventually rejoin uh, Tingles as the Jeff character. Should we ever? Should we ever do it? I have not given up that dream yet. <laughs> now, from what I understand, uh, you can actually pre-order uh, the uh, Blu-ray to. Uh, uh, chills down your spine, correct? Kinda, sorta, yeah. <laughs> if you send us an email at deadlanternpictures at gmail.com, we'll put you on the lit, like the email list, and we'll fire it out whenever uh, the Blu-rays are done. Now, the thing about chills down your spine is I have nothing to do with putting this movie out. Uh, this this is our producer, Mark Popejoy, uh, who sort of basically funded this entire venture. Most, most Dead Lantern stuff, I think all of Dead Lantern stuff, pretty much up until this film, uh, was funded by us, like Steve, DJ, and myself, pretty much. Uh, but with this one, one of the stipulations uh, I told Mark was like, if we're coming out of retirement, you're handling all this, because it's just so much to deal with. It's so much to make the movie, promote the movie, print the Blu-rays, DVDs, go to conventions, do all of that stuff. Um, and so the... Whenever, whenever he announces the Blu-rays are available, that's when I'll send an email out to people and say, "Hey, they're ready." Um, and whenever the films go up on Amazon, you know, whenever he tells me it's a go, we will tell everybody. So, yeah, kind of a pre-order. You can you can email us and we'll let you know when it's available. <laughs> Uh, now, is there anything else that uh, any of you uh, would like to say about any productions uh, that you guys have been part of? at this moment. Hmm. I don't think so. <laughs> I just wanna, thanks, again, thanks again to the cast and crew uh, on your spine. I mean, I they were great. I'd, I'd ask. I mean, this is your chance to talk. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If people are interested in our stuff, they can go to deadlander.com. All of our social media links are at the top of the website and we post all of the new information there. Um, so if people want to learn more about our stuff. They can go to our YouTube channel via our website if they want to see some of our old stuff. Uh, there's a lot of stuff with Megan on there. Like, Megan did a short called Beneath the Compound. That was the first film we actually worked with her on. Um, and again, she was miserable and cold and angry on that one. And <laughs> you can see that film on our YouTube channel. It's a well, theme. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ang angry and miserable, huh? <laughs> Pretty much. Right? Cold. Don't forget cold. <laughs> I guess I just have this weird thing against my friends. I just want to see them suffer or something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, 
Alrighty. Well, I appreciate all of you um, being able to take your time and uh, come on and uh, speak with me. So, thank you. Um, and uh, hopefully, I, I, I wish all of you good luck wherever, you, uh, whatever you guys are doing. And uh, um, hopefully, may, uh, maybe Steve, you can come back and reprise the role. I kind of like your sarcasticness. That's awesome. <laughs> Everybody likes Steve. Steve, you can't let the people down. You need to watch me. <laughs> Alrighty. Um, everyone say goodnight to the audience, and uh, we'll wrap this up. Good night, everybody. Good night. Thanks for having us. Awesome. My mother thanks you. My father thanks you. My sister thanks you. And I thank you.